Getting Better Healthcare is brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Every American is acutely aware of the issues surrounding our healthcare system. We know miracles can happen, but we find ourselves bombarded by conflicting information and are uncertain of what and whom we can trust. We have some of the best medical care in the world for those who can afford it. Incredible new drugs that change people's lives but can be very costly. Many of the best doctors the world has ever seen, but not all are perfect. That's why Dr. Steve Feldman created the show, Getting Better Healthcare, to help walk us through the labyrinth, helping us understand how to take better care of ourselves and to better understand the challenges, issues, controversies, and complexities of our healthcare system as it exists and as it could be. For better healthcare and a better healthcare system, listen to the doctor. Now, here's Steve. Welcome to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Feldman, founder of the DrScore.com physician rating website. On past shows, we've talked a lot with national leaders from across the medical spectrum. Recently, we talked to the head of an academic health center. But so much of medical care is provided in small-town communities. And on today's show, we're going to speak to the head of a small-town hospital. We're going to speak with Bill James. He's been CEO of Northern Hospital of Surrey County for the past 16 years. Northern Hospital is truly one of America's small-town hospitals. It's located in Mount Airy, North Carolina. This is the town where Andy Griffith grew up, the town on which Mayberry was based. Bill's going to let us know how life is different in the small-town hospital compared to those major academic medical centers. Bill, thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Yes, it's great to be with you, Dr. Feldman. Can, can you tell us a little bit about your hospital? I sure will. Northern Hospital of Surrey County, Dr. Feldman, is a, we're a 133-bed community hospital. We're here in Mount Airy, North Carolina. Some people still refer to this community affectionately as Mayberry because uh, Andy Griffiths, the community's um, uh, favored son and things, and, uh, and this hospital has been providing care to this community since uh, 1957, and throughout the uh, time that's passed, we've uh, grown and changed and now provide a, an array of services uh, that uh, serve people from several surrounding counties as well as the uh, those immediately out of, outside our door. You know, I was hoping we that, that I could talk to somebody who understands the small-town hospital, and I, I just fear that maybe you've grown beyond that point. <laughs> no, I tell you, we, we're very much a small-town community hospital, and, and fortunately, we're of the, uh, the size that um, as we are faced with the challenges that all small hospitals are, um, we have the uh, staying power to um, uh, still survive and thrive uh, during times like this. I was looking, um, trying to find a little information about Northern Hospital. I found a 1997 report. It said you had over 900 employees back then, and surely you've grown since then. We do. We you know, between the, the folks that gain their livelihood here, it's you know it can be as many as a um, thousand to twelve hundred. Some are on the payroll, some are contracted staff, and things. And and that actually gets expanded up even further when you consider the folks that have involvement here as uh, through student experiences and, and things of that nature. So it's for a community our size. There's a lot of of um, people involvement. 
in accomplishing what takes place here 24-7. How many doctors work at the hospital now? During any given week, we see between 80 and 100 different physicians here providing care in some fashion for patients. Some of those are, you know, taking care of patients continuously. Some of them are seeing patients, you know, for brief encounters and things for outpatient work. But uh, it's, it's a relatively large, uh, diverse medical community, uh, again, for a hospital and, and community of, of our size. Is it doctors beyond primary care doctors? We, we have a, a broad array of specialists and subspecialists, and, and as important as the primary care base is for taking care of the ongoing things that patients have, uh, getting their uh, specialty consultations taking place here, you know, whether it be oncology or dermatology or, or gastroenterology or ENT or you know, various surgical specialties, cardiology, you name it, there's just a, a, a great variety of things that patients can get their needs addressed by those uh, physicians uh, right here in this community and at this hospital. So you're the small town hospital in basically Mayberry in, in Mount Airy, North Carolina, the town yeah. on which Mayberry was based. Yes. And you have just down the road, uh, what, 45 minutes away, That's right. a major academic medical center. Uh, what, what's different between your hospital and what, what they do at those major medical centers? I tell you, they, they do a lot of great things at those major medical centers, and we share a, a large number of patients. There's many things that uh, come through our door that, uh, that need uh, the expertise of a major medical center and things. But the vast majority of patients on a volume basis uh, really can and are well served right here. Uh, the, our emergency department uh, has a, a high volume of patients. We'll see you know, 105 to 110 on average a day, which is, you know, puts us at 38 to 40,000 patient encounters a year in that location. And less than 2% of the patients that we see in that setting end up having to be transferred or, or, or cared for elsewhere. Those are need that care greatly, but uh, the, the percentage of patients um, that need to go out is relatively uh, few. But I tell you, the, the flip side of that is is that having a major medical center uh, is, is great for the patients in this hospital because it uh, gives us a very accessible location to transfer patients to recruit doctors who are coming out of training from, and uh, and just to have a great partner in terms of, um, of the overall care that the population needs. It's a unique situation. One of the things I found interesting in that report I mentioned um, was that somebody described Northern Hospital of Surrey County as a homey hospital, a place where as a patient or an employee, it's comforting to know so many people. That's very true. You know, we, we're, we're blessed with a staff that in, in large numbers have been with us for decades. Uh, it's not unusual to have people who have went through their uh, clinical training, whether it's a nurse or a lab tech or radiology tech or whatever, here at this uh, institution 20, 30, 40 years ago. And, uh, and they've grown and progressed in their careers, and they've stayed with us. And uh, and so it's uh, it's neighbors taking care of neighbors in many cases, and and uh, and that that has a lot of positive aspects to people being comfortable and confident when they come through here that 
they can they can trust and they know the people that uh, they're receiving the care from. Yes, I, I could see how the flip side of that would be that if you're thinking about going down to that big medical center down the road and the high tech, high science, nobody knows you care. It would be a very daunting and uh, scary thing and something that um, medical care in a way should not be aspiring to. Well, it, and that's one of the reasons and one of the many reasons why uh, community hospitals of, of our uh, size have continued to uh, to do well and have an important place in the whole you know continuum of care because uh, some of those issues that you just uh, mentioned are a bit intimidating to some patients and their families. It's certainly absolutely necessary in uh, in cases where that level of expertise is the the, uh, the thing that's called for. But it, again, the the vast majority of patients have needs that can be appropriately addressed in places like Northern Hospital. And, and when they do get addressed here, people, that just builds their confidence even more. That's helped us stay strong by having a growing market share uh, of patients that seek their care here versus elsewhere. People talk about how it's, it's hard to get doctors to practice in rural communities. You've had success at bringing doctors into your community. We, we, we have. Uh, we have. And, and, and and the the proximity to uh, a community such as Winston Salem, as well as the the training that goes on there and things, many of the people that we recruit have some connection to Winston Salem to start with because they train there or have some family connection there and things, and 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 that really makes for a nice peop, um, um, complement of where they practice. Uh, and and what's accessible to them for you know uh, other things that they may have interest in when they're you know not at work, and so it uh, there's a nice balance there and 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 uh, and our adjacency to to Winston Salem and Greensboro and other areas and stuff has has certainly been a plus to us in our recruitment efforts. People don't feel isolated being here; they like the atmosphere in the community, but they know that they're close to a metropolitan area at the same time. I get the sense that many of the physicians in your community have come from outside the United States. Um, I don't know how much of their training they may or may not have done in the United States. Is 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 uh, at the major medical center where I work? A lot of people, a lot of the nurses seem to come from the Philippines and also outside the United States. Are we drawing pe- people from other places? We are, and 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 that that. That phenomena has been now, you know, observed for uh, for years, and um, it, it really makes for a um, a rich fabric of our medical community as well as our community as a whole. You would picture, you know, in a in a small southern community like Mount Airy, that uh, there wouldn't be much diversity. I would beg to differ. There's considerable diversity. And our hospital medical community is is a great example of that. We have physicians who uh, grew up on every single continent except for Antarctica, <laughs> and uh, and you know, and many received their initial training there. The, the the requirements to practice in this country are such that everybody's at least done a residency in this country, 
and uh, and had some experience along those lines before they uh, are available to practice and things. And so, um, actually, the the barriers are, are relatively few. People have been accepted with open arms, and it's just fascinating uh, to to socialize with with um, with professionals who are from every you know culture known to man. It makes for a very neat. Uh, very neat atmosphere. I am very intrigued by the diversity of this small town community, the community on which Mayberry was based, and you have <laughs> have these doctors from all over the world. Um, I, I imagine you have a Latino population that you care for at the hospital that's yeah. growing by leaps and bounds. Um, very much uh, there, uh, there was a recent report on from the from the U.S. Census about growth in la, the Latino population in North Carolina, um, and then, um, as I understand it, uh, Mount Airy, North Carolina, has or has been the sock making capital of the world, and the, many of the people who were making socks are probably now traveling to Pakistan and Bangladesh and Turkey and you know teaching other people mm-hmm. to make socks and coming back and. Uh, just the the exposure of the community to the surrounding world is is so large in today's world. It uh, it is it you know hardly a week goes by that I won't go into a small you know very you know uh, typical small town diner uh, here and and catch up with somebody and I said and ask them what they've been doing and they've just gotten back from. Central America, they've gotten back from Vietnam, they've gotten back from China, uh, and things, and to have conversations with these people over a cup of coffee that you would think maybe hadn't had the opportunity to travel too far from Mount Airy, uh, their their passports are stamped full with all the places that they are on a regular basis. Again, it makes for a a very diverse and and, uh, and vibrant uh, group here. Uh, within this community, we, we we do wish a lot of the manufacturing jobs were still present here. That uh, created a real foundation for decades, but <clears throat> those days are behind us. But uh, it's nice to know that Mount Airy's uh, expertise in those areas is still being utilized to to help in in uh, in other countries. That manufacturing base is gone. I imagine that. Medical care, being such a large sector of the U.S. economy, now must serve as a, a critical foundation stone. Your hospital must must be the critical foundation stone in the uh, economy of the Surrey County community. It, it is. We, we, you know, as many communities, we've shifted to a very service-oriented economy here locally, and so whether it's the uh, the healthcare community, kind of, you know centered around the hospital or the school system or things that uh, cater to the, the vibrant tourist industry that we have here in terms of lodging and restaurants and things of that nature, uh, those very much have have stepped in. And, of course, the Yadkin Valley area is becoming more and more of a uh, destination for those that are uh, looking at the, the wine country locations uh, in our country and things. And so we're, we're fortunate to, to have... You know, continue to evolve um, as the the community has to stay up with the times and and be involved with things that have a future. You're listening to Getting Better Healthcare on WebTalkRadio.net. 
We're speaking today with Bill James. He's the CEO of Northern Hospital of Surrey County, a small town hospital in Mount Airy, North Carolina. The town uh, famous for um, being the home of Andy Griffith, the town on which Mayberry was based, a town where there's a lot of Mayberry tourism still going on. Well, Bill, um, let's shift gears for a second and talk about what's happening with the U.S. healthcare system and how small hospitals are going to have to respond to those changes that are coming. Sure. Um, we, we are concerned. Uh, you know, the, the vast majority of the, the funds that come to this hospital and all hospitals uh, really comes out of the public programs of Medicare and Medicaid. And, uh, and so that's where the attention is focused and that's where the concerns lie in terms of the current cost as well as what the society can afford for the future with a, a growing elderly population. Now, now Bill, and, let me make sure I get this right. You're saying the vast majority of funds coming to your hospital come over, from Medicare over, and Medicaid? Over, over two-thirds of the, the dollars that come for this hospital are for serving Medicare and Medicaid patients, which, uh, which are governmental programs and, uh, and things. And so uh, the, the things that the public has been hearing and the debates that have taken place in Washington and various state houses across the country about you know, the uninsured or the underinsured and things uh, are more than just theoretical in our location. They're, they're things that we live every day. And so um, we welcome change in the system to have broader coverage uh, for patients so that they can access care in a more timely fashion, get the care appropriately instead of towards you know, the latter stages of something that could have been addressed uh, further upstream and things. We share the population and, the, and society's concern about the cost of those. And, we, and, and there's a number of efforts that we uh, are constantly uh, at work on to try to make that cost of care uh, more reasonable and more sustainable in things. Uh, the public's expectations are high. The cost of technology that can address many things, both in terms of the technology as well as the, the pharmaceutical uh, treatments that are available and things like that are not inexpensive. And our, we, we have a lot of um, tough decisions to make as a society about uh, has the best way to spend those dollars and where, where should they be spent. Today, a lot are still spent in hospitals. My guess is in the future, less and less of those health care dollars will be spent for things that are done in facilities like ours but will be done more um, in an outpatient setting, in an office setting, in a preventive mode uh, and things. But we're, we're years away from um, those things being a reality. So, well, you've raised so many interesting issues. So you're not worried about a government takeover of the health care system because as far as your uh, revenues are concerned, the government's already taken over. You're right. We, that, that's where we already are and, and things. Um, it's just how it gets, how it is structured, and how it gets delivered, uh, as much as anything. Now, I'd, I'd be um, not honest if I didn't share that the the way that these governmental programs um, function today uh, stress all hospitals, and that in most cases we're paid less than what it costs us to provide the care to the patient, and um, the patients with uh, 
what we refer to as commercial insurance uh, and things, um, the, the payments from those patients um, is helping um, hospitals like ours grow and, and uh, remain viable. That, that transition is going to continue on, and, and, and I do see us evolving to something that has more of a governmental or single-payer look to it uh, in some form or fashion, but that's going to, again, be you know, a decade or more away before things uh, reach that point. I get the sense that you are just a very calm, zen-like person who's feels like a, a like like a buoy bobbing in the ocean, going with the flow. No, yes, it's going to change, and we're going to evolve with it, and we'll be fine. Well, we're 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 not trying to necessarily react or evolve. We're going to try to evolve with it from staying at least a step or two ahead of it, and things like that, so that we don't put the uh, the access to services for the community at risk as we're along this course of getting from here to there, which is going to be a bit bumpy and things. And we're seeing some bumps right now that needed to, the system needed to be changed anyway, but when you threw the, when you throw in the, uh, the economic downturn uh, that's been, we're continuing to feel, that just amplified the problem. And so that's that's made it a bit more difficult to um, to make for a smooth transition. But we're go- we're going to get through it. So you said that you think that in the future, because of the high cost of care done in hospitals, that care will shift to the outpatient setting. So it, uh, has your hospital decided? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna participate in the outpatient setting and and oh, have absolutely. satellites and things. Uh, we're we're we're, we're We've been there for a long time. As I mentioned, two-thirds of the revenue comes to the hospital from Medicare and Medicaid. Two-thirds of the revenue that's generated also has nothing to do with patients who are in beds upstairs in a traditional hospital uh, inpatient um, standpoint. Uh, it's done for testing and procedures and, and, uh, and treatments and things that are done where people come and go on an ambulatory basis, and that's that's already the the world we live in from the from the focus and where the most of the patient encounters uh, uh, are from a volume standpoint and so yeah so that that that's a, that's already the world we live in so so if I need that hernia repaired, I'm going to come in and i'm not not even going to stay overnight less than fifteen percent of the patients that have surgery here uh, end up having a hospital stay. And some of the procedures that those um, patients leave following are, are, are relatively, you know, significant and complicated. One of the things that I um, I, I, I wonder about that, that the job of a CEO of a hospital has is is uh, whether it's you know ninety percent of the effort is dealing with government and other regulators. Is that the way it works? Well, it, it, that's certainly an overarching concern because it, it, it touches on everything in terms of not just the payment or the structure of care, but the expectations of outcomes and, and all the things like that. But, the, but really, I'm fortunate and all hospitals that are successful have to have, you know, uh, experts in the, the various areas, and I've got a great group of folks that handle a lot of the financial issues and the quality monitoring issues and things like that uh, is 
as well as a lot of the physician relation things that keep all the the, the pieces connected and and uh, and working well in sync with one another. And so, are they issues that I lose sleep over? Yes, but I'm fortunate there. I've got other people doing the same with me that uh, that make it all come together. That's great. So, people talk about buying value in healthcare and and and. and yeah, to, to assess that, not only do you need to know the cost, you need to know the quality. Right. You, you say you're doing quality monitoring. What kinds of things can you monitor? Well, you know, there's a lot of publicly reported measures out there in terms of, uh, you know, consistency in with how care is delivered, whether it's with pneumonia patients or heart failure patients or, or those that are coming in with some type of acute um, heart problem, uh, things that have and you know the public is greatly concerned about uh you know acquiring infections in hospitals and particularly ones after some type of surgical procedure and so we track all those things and a whole host of other measures very closely and and uh and and we are and and make the changes necessary when we um spot a problem to make sure it doesn't happen again we want to make sure that the care is safe, and you know a lot of that has to do with um, giving the right medicine at the right time to the right patient, and all the things that go along with that. And we we have a lot of technology in place, barcoding and and computers and things that help try to uh, uh, catch any potential errors before they occur. And uh, and we also ask patients what they think. You know, a, a big thing that the government uh, is focused on right now is patient satisfaction scores, and and, and all hospitals are um, giving a lot more attention to that today than they did in the past. And we want to make sure that the care just didn't have a good outcome, but that was uh, well perceived by the patient and their family uh, during the experience. And so the bar has been raised on all fronts, and uh, and we're making sure that we are up for the challenge. Bill, do you have any final thoughts uh, for our listeners about um, their health, the healthcare system, any aspect of what you do? I would just strongly encourage patients to uh, be advocates for for their family members and loved ones that that aren't able to um, to necessarily um, advocate for themselves because it, it's very important to navigate through the complicated system we have today to have someone there at your side uh, to be looking after your best interest because when you're the patient uh, you're usually not in the situation where you can can take the lead and uh, I've seen that in my own family as well as others that those that have people that are in their corner um, do a whole lot better uh, in the long run and so I just encourage people uh, to, to make the effort to do just that and uh, and to ask a lot of questions and stay involved and, and things will work out for the best. That's wonderful advice. Thanks for your time today. Sure. Thanks so much for your interest in Northern Hospital and uh, wish you all the best too. Medical care in the United States occurs in all sorts of different settings, big and small. You have hospitals. Some are gargantuan, even a small hospital like the one Bill James runs is a it's a pretty big place, over a thousand people working there. Medical care also happens in doctors' offices; those can be bigger, smaller, certainly smaller than a hospital. But all medical care, when you get right down to it, is a very personal interaction 
uh, usually at any moment occurring between two people, the patient and some type of healthcare provider. The best healthcare has to coordinate all that, and the individual patient more and more has to be involved. Even with the advances in communication technology, people have to take some responsibility for their own care and for working with people who will, in turn, work together. It'll be interesting to see how our health system changes, how perhaps it will become more oriented towards coordinating care for us. And, of course, that's, that's going to depend on the financial incentives in that system. Well, next week's program, we're going to talk to Dr. Barry Carter, a professor of pharmacy and family medicine at the University of Iowa, about the role of pharmacists in our healthcare system. Uh, we all know our, that the pharmacist works in the, the drugstore, and, and that's one role for pharmacists. But Dr. Carter is going to tell us about how that role might expand and evolve to meet the challenges that our healthcare system faces. I hope you've enjoyed today's program. Our theme music is by the incomparable Michael Zioli. Getting Better Healthcare has been brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Until next week, I wish you the very best of health. Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's D-R-S-C-O-R-E dot com, drscore.com. And we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare.